You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. You know, everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio. A downloadable Cars and Coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Hi, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Spike's Car Radio. I'm uh, alone here in the Beverly Hills studio. Well, not alone. Will, the, our producer's here in the booth. Hi, Will. Hey. Um, Zuckerman, uh, he's back from his Sicilian vacation. Okay. He was not kidnapped, <laughs> but um, he's suffering old man uh, jet lag. <laughs> you got to take a couple extra days. What do you mean? Like when you get the jet lag, you're like, oh, I got to extend. The well, a young man like yourself, I think, can survive it. But Zuckerman, uh, he's having a hard time. What about all the money he's missing out? On? <laughs> <laughs> he said he told me a couple of things this morning when he was making horrible excuses about not coming in and doing his podcast and letting the listeners down. He said, uh, he said, I'm never, he said it like this. He goes, I'm never fucking going on vacation again. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah, vacation's fine, but I had to, I had to like do three times the amount of work in one week just to get one week off. And now I'm three weeks behind. It's never <laughs> happened again. And I said, but think of all, all the mornings you, w- you woke up and just stuffed your face with croissants for two hours while you drank coffee <laughs> doing nothing. <laughs> You know, he was uh, he was not a happy uh, camper this morning. He had a nice break, okay. but he's not. Uh, he's saying he's never going on vacation. But the real reason I called him was because this, uh, and I really wanted his perspective on it. And he's not going to give it to us here in person. But the John Cena lawsuit resolved itself with Ford Motor oh. Company. We've talked about it a few times here. Um, they reached a settlement with the Ford Motor Company for selling his Ford GT, despite that program requirement that he must retain ownership for 24 months. And Ford will now dosate, uh, donate the proceeds to charity, Okay, which is nice. Yeah. I wanted to get his perspective on that. He said that's just a way to, to make Ford uh, look good out right. in the world. Right. Um, but it proves what we were, were saying, and I think mostly Zuckerman, that he is on the hook. 
that this was a binding uh, legal contract, and John Cena and the dealer who sold the car, and that would be New Autos Incorporated in Chico, California. In Chico? Who doesn't buy their cars there? (laughs) (laughs) That is one of those, I think, if you open up DuPont Registry and you just see the the new model of of cars that you cannot get, they're the dealership that has one of each one because they found a bunch of guys who were willing to kind of sell their cars to them and take a quick profit. Um, Both the dealership and John Cena settled, uh, I guess is a way of looking at it. My opinion, uh, both the dealership and John Cena lost this case. Um, John Cena was forced to apologize. He said, and I quote, I love the Ford GT. (laughs) Of course. Love it so much he gave it away. (laughs) And apologize to Ford and encourage others who own the car to respect the contract. Yeah. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Oh, boy. (laughs) Can you imagine that big guy being forced to say that? I just want to see him in that suit. That really tight fitting, yeah, you know, like no clothes fit him normally. He, boy, they got him. They got he. You know, he, I imagine his. You know, his hands kind of held behind his back, and yeah. his and a, and a big hand on his neck, squeezing it, making him say this. I am pleased we could resolve this matter outside of court, and that a worthy charity will benefit from one of the most iconic cars in the world. Oh, my mistake. You know who wrote this? <laughs> Ford wrote that. That's not his apology. It's like he, Trump writing his own bill of health. Exactly. Yeah. No, Ford wrote this, and it's it's very clear to me that they did that. And and uh, I, I want to hear John Cena. I bet he's not sorry at all. And I wonder if he got to keep any of the money. But anyways, this thing is done, and John is supposed to come on the show, right? I, mean, I hope so. He said yes before we started talking to him, okay. and and now I, I guess we haven't heard him uh, heard from him. Um, in he- both cases, a generic settlement statement was filled in court. Uh, filed in court, sorry, with no details on the settlement itself, only that the case was dismissed with prejudice and without costs or attorney fees to any party. Dismissed with prejudice is legal jargon, according to Jalopnik. The plaintiff can't bring this same case back to court. So that's what that means. Okay. They can never sue him again for what's done. The, what's done is done. Right. Right? So there you go. Dismissed um, with prejudice. <clears throat> all right, I'm breaking prejudice. some big news here. Okay. Big portion news on the podcast that Zuckerman is going to miss. Um couple of things about this new GT3 Speedster that I've heard from a highly placed source. I feel this this news is accurate, so I'm reporting it to you since um, I'm fairly certain that we were the show that broke the Speedster news. Uh, I believe we are the show that's going to be breaking the Slant Nose news, the, this other new model that's coming out that no one's talking about. Nobody has that. Okay. But that at Rensport, this, this Slant Nose 911 is coming out. But as far as the Speedster... You may recall a few weeks ago when I was talking to uh, Daniel Armbruster, the CEO of Porsche Motorsports North America, and, and Jeff Zwart about how much of this concept car would make it to production and how many are they going to make. Mm-hmm. Well, I have the answers to those questions. All right? Are you free to sh- are you, you don't know say? anything about Porsches, Will, so you're not even going to be able to guess they, at any of this. No, but I'm looking at you <laughs> doe-eyed waiting. All right. <laughs> I have heard that the Speedster concept car is the car. The car is the car. What you're seeing is what you are getting. Those beautiful bullet Talbot mirrors on the side, the center filler fuel cap, all of those uh, those little uh, the, the hood uh, restraints on the front there, the little hood latches with the leather. I think they're leather. I haven't looked at that close. All of that stuff is staying on the car, which is amazing. Mm. A center fuel filler for a production car. 
I mean, I, I know you're not a car I'm guy. Not you're just. <laughs> but I'm excited. The people out there listening are excited. The guys in their shops, the guys in their cars, the folks around the world. Guess what? That's the car you're going to get. But can you get it? Can you get it? Is this car gettable? Are they going to do a stupid number like three five six? Are they going to do a stupid number like nine fourteen? No, they are not. I've also heard they're going to make. Go ahead and put the drum roll in. Ready? Yeah, here it is. 1,948. Wow. For the year 1948, which represents the 70th anniversary of Porsche. 1948 okay. to 2018. And there you go. That, that's some big news here from Spike's Car Radio. Uh, you can quote me. Um, and I could be completely wrong. <laughs> because, but I, I trust uh, the source of this information because, one, it wasn't Zuckerman or any of the, the, the lowlifes that he knows. Um, but this source has been um, – has, has provided me with good information over the years. And, you know, I, I think Porsche leaks this stuff out anyway so that we would talk about it, yeah, right? of course. They, they don't mind this. There's no um, such thing as bad publicity. Well, there is. Yeah. <laughs> there certainly is. Not for Porsche. Maybe, maybe, yeah. but there you go, folks. Um, today on the show, we have a fella named Ben Lyons coming on. Ben Lyons is not a car guy. He's a sports and a movie guy. Um, his dad was a film critic. As you know, I'm in entertainment, and uh, you know I don't want to talk about cars every, every week. I, I don't want to do that, so, so please, don't bother me if I get off the subject of cars. But uh, Ben's uh, on his way in here. He's coming in right now, as a matter of fact, and we're going to talk about his new podcast here on Podcast One, The Lion's Den with Ben Lyons, which, uh, Will, is a, it's a sports and, and film podcast? I also produce that show. Yeah, it's, it's entertainment-based mostly, but he talks to anybody. So he has, like, you know, hip-hop artists, singers, musicians. You like producing my show actors. better, don't you? I mean, How I many shows do you produce here at, at, at this place? Six. Okay. But at any given time, it fluctuates between, like, five and eight this is the best show you do isn't it hands down <laughs> it's the easiest hands down. i know how to read the ads <laughs> right <laughs> actually it does do you it saves me a lot of work to not have to coach you what? through saying words that are on the paper wow so people have trouble doing podcasts huh? no no or maybe do they get uh, how long does it take for someone who's never done a podcast to kind of get up to speed on how to broadcast who's like brand new to it yeah yeah and no broadcast like background? Yeah, maybe they're a housewife or they're something like that. <laughs> and it's in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know what I mean? On just the person. Some people have a natural gift for gabbing, and so right. like even though it's just about them shooting the shit, they can still do a decent job making. If they're funny or have a good character, right? Podcasting is so f- flexible that it doesn't really have to be broadcast quality. But some people, it can be a struggle for. Because they'll of, come in and they'll, they ask this question. I've had this happen many, many times. And these shows don't last long. So what should we talk about today? Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm like, so they come in, in the un- studio now. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That question. Yeah, they come in unprepared. Yeah. No, I get that. No, I, I totally understand that. But that's, uh, you know, you've, <clears throat> if you've li- listened to the, the greatest, the Howard Stern or anyone else, or yeah. if you made shows. Right. You know you can't do that. Like I used to think when <laughs> yeah, I was 18 years old, I thought that's the way television worked. Right. 
And 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 then I went to New York and I discovered oh there's writers yeah. and I, that's a job I can do and then I went oh gosh there's a there's a hundred people putting this show together every day right it's like stand up <laughs> and, and every moment of it is choreographed and you're right yeah on, on this show you can't just do that no no like we watch stand up comedy so many people are like you just get up there and tell jokes you're no. Like, no. Well, it's some so some different. some people can do that, but they still have the reps before that, you know. <clears throat> right. Honing the craft. So no, there, I found there are two kinds of comedians: ones that'll just get up and do that, like Louis C.K. will mm-hmm. just get up and just start running stuff. Then there's the the pad guy who's right. got the bullet point, and right. then there's the Jerry guy who's got the joke written out, or Jay Leno writes writes them out, gets up and recites them. Right. You know, right. And, and likes that level of control. Yeah. Well, that's good. All right. Well, I look. You see, I've got notes right in front of me every day for, for my listeners. I don't want to let them down. Yeah. I know that they're probably going right now. You're letting me down right now, Spike. Zuckerman's not here. I know that. I'm Talk aware. Your producer doesn't know anything about cars. <laughs> well, let's bring Ben Lyons in here and uh, get him in, get him out, and talk about his new podcast, The Lions Den with Ben Lyons. Oh, great. Here he is, Ben Lyons. Hey, what's up, man? You were just telling me you were in New York City? Let's was... talk about that for a second. Because sometimes I think these listeners on my show – don't realize that I've had this life before this car thing. <laughs> it's kind of wild, right? Michael Jordan's not just the guy from the sneakers. <laughs> That's right. Um, I uh, Yeah, and I grew up in New York City, and I find living in Los Angeles, I have to quantify that by saying, no, in New York City. I have to say, right, it, I have right, to say it right, twice. Right. Um, but, yeah, my folks are still in the same apartment where I grew up for, I don't know, they've been there 45 years or something like that. Are you still living there now? Um, when I'm in town working, I oftentimes will add that to my rider. Well, like, no, I have to stay with my parents. Don't pay for a hotel. Room. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you? But you're. You... I live here though. I live in. Uh, I live in Venice with my wife. But oh, I, there you I go. Get to go back often, and I was just saying to you before we started that I live really close. Well, I grew up really close to the uh, soup Nazi place, so she had never really understood that it was a real spot there. <clears throat> At least it's claiming it to be. 55th and 8th. It's very disappointing to go to now because it's uh, – the guy's gone. I went there recently and there was just a, a nice kind of surfer fella there going, hey, you want some soup? And I was just like, oh. And the soup was the same but without the hostility and the anger. It, it didn't. It wasn't as good. Didn't the whole experience the whole didn't. Thing. Yeah, the whole Imagine thing if fell you're apart. From Kansas, and you're getting off the double decker, and then that's your moment. Is it, the surfer guy selling you gumbo? It's so interesting that you said this because now I never really thought about it. But it, the anger and the hostility, and then the Nazi-like regime of you've got to do it this way, and you've got to step to the left, really took your mind off of whether this soup is good or not. And I and it. The soup did not stand out on its own without that. It's also a kind of cuisine where there's only, I think, certain limitations to soup. It's like it's it's really good, but right? What kind of soup like did you have? Other, no, no. This was we were there in June. We didn't have any soup. We were just there. <laughs> oh, the soup uh, guy wasn't there. Um, but but right, the idea of just uh, soup is good. It's, <clears> it's like, there's only so much you can do with it. Barbecue falls in the same category. Here's the picture I will paint for you because I because you're a film critic and you'll like this. This is uh, it's winter. We're writers on Letterman. You have an hour for lunch, and you walk two blocks, you freeze your ass off, and you're cold, and there's hot soup that comes in a brown paper bag, and it's, you know, crab bisque with big chunks of crab or mulligatawny or any, you know, just a plain chicken noodle or African peanut butter, right? And if you, you perform well, paying for your soup, you get that piece of bread. You might even get a little chocolate and an orange, right? <clears throat> and by the time you get back, you're freezing, and then you eat the hot soup, all right? 
Do you understand your nose is running a little bit? Do you understand how satisfying that experience is? It's your best option in that neighborhood because what are you going to go to Rupert around the corner? You're not going to get a, a bacon no, egg we and always, cheese for lunch. No, we went to a bacon egg and cheese and a Gatorade for lunch. You're basically saying to the office that you're kind of in a dark place. That was it. If you were busy, you went to Rupert. Yeah, yeah. and and you know over the years, Rupert never named a sandwich after me, so I stopped going to Rupert. <laughs> Why is that such a thing for all you comedy writers? Is the getting of the sandwich named after you is like a Thing. It's a it's a it's, pride. It's an issue of pride. It's your participation trophy on some level. Because what is it? the staff is competitive. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, by the way, at the Malibu Kitchen at Bills in the country uh, country Mart Malibu, I have a sandwich named after me. I forget what it is. <laughs> I'm not sure it's what I that I, it's well, something no, that no, I no, eat. No, that's, that's the second <laughs> but... part of it. It's this quest for for recognition with your own sandwich, but then it's this I don't even know attitude on top. All you comedy writers do. It's that. not that. Okay, so getting back to Letterman, I'll tell you what it is. Where it's it's competitive. It's a competitive job where you're writing for your life every day. All right. Really, your contracts are up every 13 weeks, and at nine weeks, you can get fired. So on that ninth week, Monday to Friday, you're waiting for you're waiting for the door knock or someone to come in. So you're very competitive to get stuff on the air. And then if somebody else, because this is how it happened, Rupert starts, you know, go, oh, Dave, we're going to name a sandwich after you. And then we need a, an act one, <laughs> like a month from now. Okay. But, uh, Biff Henderson, you've got a sandwich named after you. <laughs> now they're two. And then suddenly, oh, you know what, Rob Burnett, head writer, you're in here all the time. I'm going to call this the Rob. Do you see what I mean? I get it. You start going. Of course, uh, the Larry David episode and the Whitefish, and all he doesn't want that. The Sable, Sable sandwich. And then um, a buddy of mine from high school uh, owns and runs Wexler's Deli Mm -hmm. out in Santa Monica. It's a character actor. I think his name's Ed Lerner. He Mm -hmm. came in the other day with his son, who's on uh, the Goldbergs. And they were doing like. Old Jew sandwich, young Jew sandwich, <laughs> open face, name it the learner. Is it open faced or not? And the whole thing on Instagram. And I was like, what is it about comedy writers and sandwiches? And now I understand. <clears throat> we like to eat. You know the stress of writing. You know what that's like. That you knock know. comes and you got that crab bisque <laughs> running down your beard. No, you get – when you're in a writer's room, you're locked in sometimes for 12 straight hours with a group of people, right? And it's – you know, you get used to it. It takes about two or three weeks to get used to what's happening there. It's kind of like a POW camp a little bit. but And it, it has its own chemistry and its own vibe. But the breaks are usually food breaks. Well, I think that's also, too, back to the soup Nazi. Back then, there there wasn't Instagram and social media. So right. you came back to that bunker. Right. And had these war stories of seeing the outside. I just got yelled yes. at. And so the legend grew as opposed to everybody sitting in their own vortex and their own That's true. That is true. And seeing it on the phone. Yes. These stories almost grow in legend. Yeah. Because you don't it's see It's true. Them. Well, today, you know, we were just talking. Today I was on TMZ because I woke up yesterday morning and – uh, newspapers from around the world, TMZ, all wanted to talk to me because McDonald's apparently has stolen the muffin tops idea from the episode of Seinfeld I wrote called the muffin tops, which, frankly, I was delighted to be talking about another episode of Seinfeld that I wrote other than the soup Nazi. Also a little weirded out that it took them 21 years. The, the episode was 21 years ago. And then I was, well, was going to ask you the first thing I heard was like, what's McDonald's relationships with muffins historically? I don't, I, I don't know. And by the way, I, I doubt they're going to do it right. They, they, they're not going to pop the top and throw away the stump. Anyway, I just thought, well, I'll have fun today and just do a bunch of interviews and see if I can extract a billion dollars from this multinational <laughs> corporation and buy some cars and make Jerry Seinfeld feel bad. But <clears throat> anyways, I just, you know, I was just uh, 
I, I don't know. I'm just so tired of people ripping me off <laughs> well, on this I mean, series. I showed, and when I, I did this interview on TMZ just so I could show them this clock that I had bought on uh, Amazon a month ago that said, Top of the Muffin to you, right? It's a clock. It's just a stupid clock, piece of acrylic that says, Top of the Muffin to you, right, from the episode. That, that's not me selling it. No, but but that's <laughs> but you and you're in entertainment, and you know how hard it is to clear stuff, right? Oh, sure. When you want to use a piece of music, it's also, you... it's also tough, and and I get it. You do have a good uh, ownership of it, but just muffin tops—that's like a hard thing just to claim <laughs> in general. Like, okay, well, I had like, I, guys, this muffin top thing. <laughs> That's what I want to get to you and your show, but look, right after that, <laughs> I met That's with tough. I met with uh, I had coffee with Jerry. He's in town. And he said, "Like, let's go have coffee." And we, he was going looking at some cars in Northern California. Like, this is going to be great. So we get all jacked up on Lavazzo espressos, <laughs> and you know, we talked about this. And he said, "Is the is this actionable?" And I said, uh, "Anything's actionable. You can, you know." Pat t- Riley, I think, coined the phrase three Pete." Like he owns three Pete." Yeah, he there you go. That. And that's what that's what he said. Well, the next thing was, did we coin muffin tops? And and I said, I, I think we did. I think we did. You know, I know there are muffin top restaurants out there, but are they uh, older than 21 years old? You listeners, you can let me know that. This We've is got what rich guys talk about when they're sitting at coffee. This isn't like, rich. Wait a minute. This Hold isn't on. A, this do isn't... we just have a billion-dollar business that we didn't even do this anything isn't about. This isn't about that. Should we just go do a deal right now and sell muffin tops in every Whole Foods in the world? I'll tell you what this is about. What Bezos coming to join This us? is about intellectual property. And I'll tell you, yes. of any, any program that I've ever worked on, Seinfeld is ripped off more than anybody I've ever seen. There are characters from the show walking around doing things, signing... <laughs> Merch one, the soup Nazi himself, and I do not wish ill will on Larry Thompson. I'm happy he's making money out of this, but he has a merchandise website. Merchandise website, and he's, you know. Hey, listen, man, I was once I, sent a promotional jar of Ray Liotta honey. <laughs> All right, from, from B movie. Right. In well, order that to was encourage us. me to vote for you guys yeah, for something. But that was but our was, stuff. And it was. I get a lot. I have. I mean, I grew up getting the phone from Mouse Hunt, or I got. Right. You know, my dad would have the He Got Game like gym bag. Right. Mm-hmm. That Ray Liotta honey. It's pretty good honey. I wish That's I a had great that. promotional item. That is a, a great idea. Yeah. No, I I was there for the clearly. Birth I that was moment. reading your IMDb in the car in the parking lot, but but um yeah we didn't we weren't nominated for an Oscar that year. I know we were nominated for a Golden Globe, but uh, they didn't they didn't uh, care for pieces of B movie. That I like we cared movie. for. I was a big B movie guy. I, you I know what? I, I'll tell you what I first appreciated. Thank you. And I'll tell you when I first appreciated it because I didn't really like it up until I had little little kids, where I realized they're afraid of every bad guy in a film. Every time we'd put on a kids movie and there and, and a witch or something came up, it was over. Tears would start. <laughs> they start crying, and then I started getting messages from parents going, "The B movie doesn't have a real bad guy in it." My kids love this movie, and I thought, "All right, well, we wrote a movie for two year olds <laughs> who technically aren't supposed to be watching media, but that's that's where it works best." And and so you, you get what you get. Anyway, we're with Ben Lyons. We're going to take a break right now, and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the Lions Den with Ben Lyons, his new podcast here on Podcast One. 
Think of all the weird things found in cars. I'm not talking about your garden variety petrified French fries or melted crayons. I'm talking about live snakes, bizarre trinkets, the kind of stuff that just makes you wonder about folks. Another thing that will make you wonder, but in a good way, are Continental Belts. Bet you didn't know they're OE in tens of millions of Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, and GM vehicles that roll off the assembly line. They're also OE on the majority of BMWs and VWs. Now Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series, belts that are fanatically engineered for a perfect fit, form, and function, and Continental has an OE technology series multi-V belt for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and in Canada. Hey, you get enough surprises on work? You get Hey, you get enough surprises working on your cars and trucks? A belt should not be one of them. Go with Continental OE Technology Series Multi-V Belts, the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, visit OETechnologySeries.com. OETechnologySeries.com. The largest technology conference on the planet is now on demand at Podcast One. Web Summit has teamed up with Podcast One to bring you the best in tech talk. Each weekday, listen to a new lecture or panel from one of the past Web Summit conferences. They cover everything from the future of driving to artificial intelligence. Listen free to Web Summit exclusively on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the Podcast One app. If you love the show, share it with a friend and leave a rating and review. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right, we're back with Ben Lyons. The new podcast is called The Lions Den with Ben Lyons. Ben, tell us what it is all about. Because I because I, I watched your little teaser. I listened to your little teaser. Okay. And I you know, you're talking about movies. You're mm-hmm. a film critic and mostly known for film critic. I had you on my my old my talk show on Fox Correct. and we, we talked about films. Um, but then you said suddenly it's sports too. Well, now it's really about the intersection of sports and and film and and, and pop culture. Um, and what is that intersection? You know, you, you I've now kind of conditioned myself, Spike, honestly, to look at the world through those lenses, and you uh-huh. see the intersection in, in really natural ways. Um, at the Oscars this year, Kobe Bryant won an Academy Award. I Tanya, Allison Janney won for being in a sports themed movie. Icarus, a sports documentary, won. So right, it's right. happening in the marketplace. And it's also just fun to sit down with actors and talk to them about sports because oftentimes they have tremendous access because of their jobs and right. their fame. And their, I mean, I had Omar Epps on the podcast, um, which is up right now, and he's played like football players. He's played basketball players, boxers. He played a baseball player in Major League. And you talk about which guys you train with. Like mm-hmm. I was – I was with Don Cheadle the other day and talked about when he was in Earl the Goat Manigault movie uh, for HBO that Eric LaSalle directed in 96. Mm-hmm. Kevin Garnett was like a 20-year-old uh, technical advisor on the movie would come and work <laughs> out and play with like Mitch Richmond and Pooh Richardson. So, <clears throat> I just love talking to those guys about their relationship with sports. Oftentimes actors, as you know, they don't work, so they have time to sit and watch the yeah. World Cup all night. Yeah. So they really are I'm really passionate right. about it. Um, and, and and also they're not getting asked these questions. They they go on a late night show dude, and it's I gonna just, be four <laughs> questions about what did you do this morning and then shape. what's the character like? Right. And that's it. With roll clip. And right. I uh, I oftentimes would get in trouble when I worked at the E channel because I'd sit with Matt Damon. And instead of talking to him about being a dad and how insane that is, I would talk about Red Sox middle relief, and my boss would be like, "Wow, Dude, that's great!" He gave me like eight minutes of completely unusable stuff. Yeah, but for me and for just I don't know my group of friends, it's kind of like what we like to talk about. I so, totally get it. I I love when I hear somebody talk about something that they're not. I've never heard them talk about before. And again, they have tremendous access and insight. And right, you know, right. Josh Dumel go to Minnesota and <laughs> and blow the, the horn at the Vikings game and come in on a whole 
forts with a flag <laughs> and like just wild stuff. So I, I love trying to find those little those pockets. And then Joe McHale's good for you. You should have Seahawks guys, yeah, Seahawks Seattle fan, guy, right? yeah. Really, and then uh, you got Mark Wahlberg and the Red Sox, obviously. Now Mark Wahlberg also representing with a green Rolex, like a yellow gold green dial Rolex <laughs> that's green for the uh, Celtics. Also has a protein bar company with Draymond Green. Yeah. So, oh, he does. Yeah. There you go. Selling the protein. That guy. Have you ever watched his social media on Instagram? I because flew- because and I like Mark Mark Wahlberg a yeah, lot, uh-huh. but his social media you would go, well, this guy isn't even famous the, the way he talks. It's hilarious. <laughs> he just goes, all right, I'm in my I'm in my gym right now, and the, the phone is moving around. It's <laughs> off his face. I'm gonna do some lifts. We're getting on the plane, and and then you know he's just a guy from plane. Boston. He's like any guy from Boston that I knew in Massachusetts, right? And then uh, what, what fascinated me about him was at one point, <laughs> and I don't mean to body shame Mark Wahlberg, but at one point he kind of was putting on the muscle and then had the dad fat that we all have when you're a dad on top of it. So he kind of looked big. And then suddenly he started this supplement company and he went right down to a very low body fat. And the guy, you know, got in shape real and quick. And he's eating cheeseburgers on Sunset like three days a week with Diddy yeah. and Khaled. So yeah. I don't know how he's able to uh, I really admire his career a lot because he is not afraid to get involved in unscripted entertainment to do that reality show about cheeseburgers. And if he's going to do it, it's going to be like five seasons and yeah. massively successful. He and, dives uh, in. He's not sure. You, you know, I have a, a production company. We do a lot of unscripted. And the number of people we call who go like, why? I, I, I could never do a reality show or unscripted show. And I go, Mark. Wahlberg, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. He's doing. He's incredible. on the list of celebrities I feel like who have been a relevant for twenty five plus yeah. years, which is really hard to do. Mm-hmm. But then also makes sense, kind of in any room. Yeah, Snoop Dogg, Kim Kardashian. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a real, it's a real skill on some level. Like, oh, Mark Wahlberg's at the High Times Awards and the Kids Choice Awards, right? And the Super Bowl <laughs> and the Oscars <laughs> and the NASCAR and the okay, like and makes he's, sense and, in and every Emmys. room. For all of these great HBO right. dramas he produces, yeah, and like, and then Oscars, and you know what? He's wearing right? a T-shirt and sneakers, and it's all good. Yeah, he's Mark Wahlberg. Right, exactly. And he's drinking wine no. and selling protein. We should so all be Mark Wahlberg. We should sweet. all be as successful as Mark Wahlberg. Well, he's. I, I think he should be on both of our shows because I also hear he's a motorcycle guy. He likes Indian motorcycles. He's got to have a car thing. A guy like that. And, I mean, uh, I feel like uh, yeah. Again, this is like certain stars who just makes sense. I remember <clears throat> Corolla is one of those guys, right? Where it's like you start and you do a man show, you do some comedy, you do a movie, you do a podcast, you right, sell right. Mangria. Like you just kind of like <laughs> fall into all these different lanes. Yeah. And that's like, I don't know, if you're Benicio Del Toro, you're an actor and that's kind of what you do. Well, now I understand what you're talking about with this podcast. I totally get it. Because in some ways, it's very much like what we're doing here, which is cars and comedy slash entertainment. Because I find there are many comedians, lots of them have been on this show, who love comedy and cars. Well, the relationship with comedians and cars makes sense because comedians struggle at the start of their career. Right. Seven years bouncing around shitty rental cars in weird stand in cities across the country, or you don't have money. So right, you're right. Living out of your car, many comedians, right? And then you have. You know Seinfeld suit money, and now you can really get into your car stuff. And so it's a totally different relationship as you the, have more success. I wonder what that is with the. Uh, I mean, I, I think if you're a guy on the road or you're Kevin Hart or, or somebody, you just don't you just run out of things to spend your money on? Isn't a car like? 
when you're young and you first made money, don't you? Isn't that naturally what you look at? Like, what, you know, I didn't think, well, I'm just going to go buy a house. I, I wanted nothing to do with a house, but I was just like, <laughs> I didn't want to watch either. I was like, I don't care, but a car. Well, then it's like when you get. I to want that, a nice car. I want to listen to the. I want. An, I want an air conditioner. That yeah, was really what I was thinking. I want to drive fast. I want an air conditioner, and I would like the top to come down. And I'd like to have these these moments I dreamt of as a kid in Los Angeles. You know, when I was watching Chips and I was watching all of those '70s TV shows. Like I wanna. I wanna have that California moment. I want to light up a cigar on Sunset Boulevard and drive down. And then you have the California moment of <clears throat> it being stuck up. on the 405, yeah. yep. the Sepulveda exits. To, you got to get off that and then yeah. the overpass. And it's, yeah. But now I've achieved it. Now I, now I have found the drive. I've got it. Um, anyway, I want to talk about you. So I'm done, done talking about me. Um, so who have you had on so far that you like? Who are um, we gonna, and who do we have to look forward to on I did. I did a version of the podcast at ESPN for a long time. So we had a ton of people come on it there. But since we've been here for about a month or so, we had the aforementioned Omar Epps, who has a new book on fatherhood. We had Omar Benson Miller. Do you know him from Ballers and CSI? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's a good mm-hmm. dude. Him and his brother came on. Kevin Connolly came on to talk about that Gotti movie. Oh, great. Oh, man. What did so, he have to say about that? I mean, 44 producers on the movie. So he okay, talked now, about the, now the this, challenges of, of putting the thing together and how he was scared at times on set. And... This is the one with John Travolta, yeah. right? This is the one that just opened a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And it. how much did it make? Think uh, how much are you making from this podcast? Ninety dollars forty. So it made nothing. So it really bombed. It, it. I feel like I'd been reading about it for about ten years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I remember having it when I again when I worked at E, which was already have six you, or have seven you seen years it? ago. I had to come. Yeah, of course. I had to come in and do a uh, a story on how Lohan was attached to it, and that was like eight years ago. That's she's right. not in the movie, but. It was this project that just kind of hung over Hollywood for a long time. And Kevin's a Long Island guy, you know, so he knows the story well. And so he talked about being a can with those guys. And then I had a guy <clears> named uh, – So Paul- wait, a, wait a minute. You, you saw it. Yeah. They took this movie to Cannes. Yeah, they did. All right. Yeah. Give us some top – I didn't see it at Cannes, but <laughs> – To give us some top – because nobody listening saw it. I didn't see it. Tell tell us what you saw, please. I mean, Travolta, you know, has now gone into this space after the OJ thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's just so bad, it's good, kind of, and that's a dangerous place to play in <laughs> because sometimes it's just so bad, it's bad, you know. Oh no! Um, and <clears throat> and just you know, the use of archival footage just kind of takes you back to that period in New York. And that's what I said to Kevin on the podcast: is right, he's like a, a guy like me who grew up in New York. Gotti's just like. The mafia guy from the post, right? The way that Trump's like the rich guy getting divorced from the post. They're these yeah. kind of characters. So then, when you try to like see them as real people, like I'm not humanizing this guy. I'm not trying to understand his motives. Like, no, the guy was a scumbag, murdering, terrible <laughs> criminal. Like, let's not romanticize this life. In your and, opinion, you know, so, right, right, right. I'm um, sure so, there's still no, some goddies out there yeah, who so, might hear that and take we, exception to your. We had uh, we had a woman, Sidel Noel, uh, on the show. Um, she ran track, University of Georgia. Thought she was going to run professionally. Didn't work out for her. Had an injury and is now on Glow on Netflix and in Black mm-hmm. Panther. So it's like, how did you get there? <laughs> so again, that sports and, and and film intersection is where we're trying to play. So this, so the big flaw in the movie is that they humanize a bad <laughs> oh, you want guy. to get back to the Gotti? Yeah, concept. no, I'm yeah, fascinated yeah, yeah. by it. I mean, I, you, what, why, don't you, why don't you go see it? <clears throat> I'm gonna now. Yeah, now, oh, now, that, now, I just now I am going to go that, see it, and Kevin. I like Kevin, yeah. and and I and I like John Travolta, and I know what you're saying about that OJ thing. When I really loved that, and I loved his portrayal of of what's his face, the lawyer. But 
Now I'm dying to see how bad this is. Like, do you he, remember the Gotti? I mean, you were in New York then for Gotti yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, so. I wrote many Gotti jokes for I, Letterman. Like, how about this? I remember being like 13, 14, and it was, you know, a big deal in New York. And there was one of the guys who was named Vinny the Chin Giganti. Yeah. And he, yeah. he faked being insane. <laughs> yes. Yes. And he wore a bathrobe. <laughs> and so I would run errands in my neighborhood in a bathrobe. And my parents would right. be like, you're impersonating a murderer. Like, you need to stop doing but this. You but I root- was fascinated reading the uh, – That's right. The Sammy the Bull book. Yeah. There was a movie with Nick Turturro. Right. Like a TV Gravano movie. There was also those, those uh, Last Don movies with Danny mm-hmm. Aiello on CBS. Those were like big – I just remember right. like the mafia – Stuff from the nineties. <clears throat> well, we romanticize them. You, especially when you're younger, you don't quite understand. You're drawn to their power and their success, and you kind of wanted them to get away with it, right? Mm-hmm. You'd read about them in the New York Post and go, "Oh, I hope they don't catch him." Right? Well, yeah, they you felt know? like they were like <laughs> yeah. the ones standing up for the man, like because they threw a, a barbecue in Brighton Beach in July, right? right. And they're like, "Oh, he's a man of the people." And well, like, what oh. makes it then? What makes the Godfather great and? Gotti bad. What makes Goodfellas great and Gotti bad? You know, is it the fact that we can't quite trace these characters back to real people in life? I think that's that's part of it. I think it's <laughs> it is too real for a, a lot of the subject matter. You know, mm-hmm. some of the people, but also just we've seen The Godfather and we've seen Goodfellas and it's beautiful costumes and set pieces and you know iconic moments like the horse head in the bed and the fish and and then the bobby thompson again sports and films bobby thompson at the toll booth when james conn gets you know when sonny gets hit at the toll booth the bobby thompson game is playing on the radio yeah yeah um but the uh the idea of that is romanticized and it's just i kind of so then when it's just really learning about some real life guys that it doesn't have the production budget of that and I love me some Kevin Connolly, but he's not Francis Ford Coppola, Martin Scorsese. It's uh, it can be <clears throat> oh, he he directed this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's why we had Kevin oh, okay, on. Kevin okay. And so I used to see him at Goal over here on Third Street uh, right. in West Hollywood, just stressed out. Yeah, like oh, I think we're doing it. It's finally going. It's finally, I was sitting with Travolta. It's so yeah. hard though. It's so hard. It's so He'll hard. He'll be fine. He'll do something great. He's just you that know. That guy lives a life. The guy's just sipping sipping Pinot Noir at goal, watching hockey. It's like a pretty that's nice it. life. Yeah. He's another Boston guy, right? No, he's Long Island guy. He's Long Island. Yeah. All right. You know, I was looking at. Uh, we got to go in a minute. We don't have a lot of oh, time right. today, but um, we're talking with Ben Lyons. I was going to come in and talk about cars and Lyons then with Ben Lyons. License till I moved here. Yeah. No, that's why I didn't even go near. That happens with the New York guys. Yeah, right. <clears throat> I don't want to. I want to. You know, it's rare. The reason I asked you on the show because I like talking about entertainment and films, and I enjoyed you when you were on talk show, my show on Fox, where we really, uh, you know, we affected the Oscars that year. You, you do know that, right? Benjamin Button. Benjamin Button and Forrest Gump. Someone on my staff had pointed out they're the same movie, and we, <laughs> you can Google this, and we cut a trailer, and beat for beat, they're the same movie. You know what's so wild, man, is that I, I, I remember loving that film. It was nominated 13 times, Yeah, I was kind of on an island because everybody was slumdogged out that yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. I love and I did too, but I just, for whatever reason, really connected with Button, right? And my wife is in that movie. I didn't meet her then. I didn't know her then. She's in Benjamin Button? She's in a she's a dancer, a professional dancer in LA, and there's a scene oh, wow. I think it's the scene where they're sitting and they're like, We meet in the middle. She's one of the background <laughs> dancers in that movie and I don't know, it's how life works out. I remember going on that show because you 
you made that connection to Forrest Comfort. That was one of Pretty. our many viral videos, and that <laughs> thing got on fire. What I didn't know at the time, so I had a couple friends who made the movie, and they were like, what? you know, they were what? crying. They were like, what are you doing to us? And I was like, oh, I, I, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. Can we do one where we point out that Point Break and Fast and Furious in the same exact movie? Oh, really? Yeah, Paul Walker goes undercover. Johnny mm-hmm. Utah goes undercover to get into this crew of criminals who are pulling off heists. That's great. Falls in love with the girl who's in the thing. It's the same movie. Oh, boy. All right. If you've got too much time on your hands, we've just given you two examples. You can start with mine. You can go with that one from Ben's. You should start your own site of these videos. Which two movies are the same? And cut the trailers. It's it's already cut for you. Google Google Spike Ferris and Benjamin Button, Forrest Gump, and you'll see what I'm talking about. And then make make this one. Fast and Furious and the original Point Break. <laughs> and then, then then make lots more of them because I hadn't heard that one before. You're exactly about right. It, right? You're exactly like, right. He goes undercover and now he has to decide, do I stay with this crew or do I uphold the law? You know, when I was reading your favorite movies, somewhere someone had written them, and I, I bet the list isn't even accurate, but I was like, Bowie, we're really – First of all, I could never put a, together a list of my favorite movies because it would be too long, right? It's an impossible task, so I, I would be curious to hear where and what. Okay, Marathon Man, we're in agreement. Goodfellas, we're in agreement. Apocalypse Now changed my life. Although I just Googled my <clears throat> dad's review of Apocalypse Now. Right. He was not feeling it. <laughs> no. It's really good to actually go back and look at some of my dad's old reviews. No. and. I wasn't feeling his wild 1970s like plaid blazer on Channel 11, but he uh, he didn't yeah, really like he, he didn't like Apocalypse Now. He was old, and you were young when you first saw it, and that's why you liked it, and that's why I liked it. That's a movie you watch when you're in college. You go, God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Um, but then you have Into the Wild. Oh, I love that movie. I it, do, and man. that's the one where he chews um, the handoff, right? He, he uh, the guy sorry. gets caught, and he chews his own handoff. I don't know if he chooses. That, no, that's not the movie, no. the Sean Penn movie where the guy's trapped yeah. up in the mountain climbing. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he dies. He eats the mush. He eats the uh, the yeah. mushrooms and dies. At the end. Oh yeah, the real right. story or potatoes or something. Yeah, real real guy. What I've never seen it, but I'm not. I, I'm not interested <laughs> oh, in anything is, oh, anything on, to man. do with that movie. Buy a dollar for everyone who crushed me for liking a movie and then was like, "Well, I didn't see it," but. <laughs> 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 That's great, great cast. I'm oh, standing man. by my not seeing it, and still saying it's not worth seeing. Because you know what I don't like about I don't like that a guy went up into the woods by himself. What, you know what? I did watch it. I did watch the first ten minutes of this movie, and he started talking about why he was doing it. He's not in the woods when he's at his graduate, his yeah. sister's graduation. And I was like, "Fuck you." Guy. Did this guy die? By the way, he did. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I'm sorry to his family. I don't mean to say fuck you, but still, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, I didn't like movie. the reasons that he was doing this and 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 uh, isolating himself. I didn't like that. But anyways, I am Legend. Which now again, I like that Great movie. Movie. I Great do. Movie. I don't know that it's supposed to be in the same <laughs> sentence as Goodfellas. <laughs> again, where? What sentence? How is this coming together? I don't know. I love that movie. I got a lot of shit for loving that movie. Okay. I, uh, let- I uh, yeah, I, I think uh, it's an underrated film. You go back and watch it. Okay, I and I do like watching it. It's it's very watchable. <laughs> yeah, standing <clears throat> against some of the apocalypse now, and I am legend. <laughs> well, that's I what know. I mean. It says best <laughs> movies of all times. So that's I mean, yeah. All right, here I just off the top of my head, I took five minutes and wrote my favorite movies. That I could have done this all night long. All right, and some of them you'll laugh at. A Godfather, obviously. Uh, American Werewolf in London. Great movie. Great movie, yeah, right? I well, watch it. I can watch that movie over and over again. Here's a movie I'm really ashamed that I like, but I cannot turn it off when it's on. Clueless. <laughs> I, think, I cannot. I think dudes like us it. also respond to Clueless because like the Paul Rudd character is really good and right, earnest and grounds right. the movie in a yeah. way. And 
The fashion's just so wild, and it still holds up in LA. I went and saw it at the Hollywood Cemetery outside last oh, summer. Oh wow, there you go. And the, some of the references and the jokes, like twenty years later, actually living here, still hit. You just that love it. Great. And I, I put it in the same category as Godfather as a movie. We used to talk about this in the Seinfeld writers' room. We'd had, you know, there were movies that you couldn't go near in the uh, Direct TV guide because if you clicked on it, you'd be watching for two hours. And Clueless and The Godfather were on that list. Yeah, Clueless we don't. Is... None of us. Peter Melman, the grumpiest Seinfeld writer, said, "Yeah, I, I do it too. I watch. I can't turn <laughs> Clueless off if I turn it on." All right. Um, the obvious ones: Caddyshack, The Blues Brothers, Lawrence of Arabia, Dazed and Confused. Oh, that's such a good movie. I, that that soundtrack, I remember that soundtrack. I was thirteen when that movie came out, and feeling like, "Oh, is this kind of cool that I own this music?" Yeah, and really like get the references. I'm old enough now to. That you know when I watch Days and people who are when I watch Days and Confused it, it reminds me of what my high school was like even though I it was in Massachusetts in a small town it wasn't Texas but every beat of that was what we were doing yeah. we were out in the woods drinking beer smoking pot driving cars yeah, 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 <laughs> there yeah. was the old Matthew McConaughey guy around who dated the high school girl and we were like well she can't date anyone else so this is fine no, no, did, the Matthew McConaughey the, character was about thirty two I like the girls in that year. in that movie um, mm. Parker Posey and and when they're it's outside great. hazing them and it's doing great. all that yeah it's really good and the bigger kids chasing you know that that was it. Um, and it could just go on forever. True Romance, Raising Arizona, Fargo, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? You know, Clooney and Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? That's a great, that's a great, great soundtrack to that movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, notice your movies have a little dust on them. They're a little older. All right, here we go. So I'm just curious, you know, we talk about this a lot. Like 2018, there isn't anything I'm standing up and being like, this is my movie. I love this. It's been it's been kind of slim pickings in the, in the superhero boom that we live in. Field of Dreams. Yeah, you're right. All of these are old ones. Silence of the Lambs, Annie Hall, Forrest Gump, The Deer Hunter, Greatest of All Time. But you're right. What yeah. is? What are the great movies? What won this year, this past year, for, for the best Oscar? Uh, I was, it was spot well, on. It all <clears throat> blends together. I Shape of right, Water. Right, Oscars. right. What won? Was, Shape of Water. Shape of Water. Yeah, Shape, Shape of Water. water. Okay. That, that A movie move- that will... Will will live on and will will feel good and will and will hold, have legs twenty years from now, but isn't really like a speaking to our state of humanity as it exists today. I, it? I found it delightful, but I would not. <laughs> I did not get excited after be on the, the poster. <laughs> and I'll tell you the why. Shape of Water nominated for thirteen. <clears throat> Spike says it's delightful. I found it delightful, but it shouldn't have won an Oscar. Um, I, I thought there were so many movies this year that should not have been nominated, and, I, and more and more, and I feel that way. And, I, and this is, you know, probably the last thing we can get to because I got to run. Going to the Dodgers game and the Cubs. Oh, <laughs> got to get it's out. It's a seven oh five pitch, and it's a it's eleven thirty no, in the morning. It's, it's so a you noon game. And six I get, hour commute. It's, it's noon. The, it's the noon. Oregon Trail to get there. Yeah. <clears throat> it's noon. I've got to go there, and I apologize. No, all good. But do you feel, since this is your business, this is your final question today, that the the one hour drama business in television, which essentially is taking a movie plot and breaking it out over ten to to fifteen episodes, right? That's these, these are just movies made into fifteen hours instead of two. Do you think that's eating away at the movie business? I think so, and I think the globalization of the film business is eating away at it because there's so much money to be made by sending these films to Germany and China and Africa and all over the world, and if you're going to create something that speaks to so many different people from so many different cultures it kind of has to be a little basic right. you can't really challenge people in a mass way and that's why when like a filmmaker like christopher nolan is able to create 
a blockbuster that's just like an intelligent blockbuster. <clears throat> so that's like really hard to do. Right? <clears throat> Dunkirk, right? Dunkirk. That, that that movie I would put on my list. I thought that was the best movie I that I'd was ever incredible because you never see the bad guys. You never <clears throat> see. I loved them. it. You just feel absolutely their presence, loved it. Right? right, and I was really shocked that 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 did not win Best Picture. And and the idea of creating mass entertainment that's intelligent is really hard to do. And so I think ultimately what happens is these films are these exports that go around the world. Anytime I interview an actor and they're in one of these Marvel movies, I'm like, tell me about the press tour. And they're like, we did Korea and Egypt and Germany and London in a day. And I'm like, wow. whoa, that's insane. Wow. So I think that's part of it, man. And I think you're right. Having for 15 hours of television for not only a, an actor to really sink their teeth into, but for you guys, for these writers to be able to have yeah, these flawed yeah. characters, breaking bad guys who are all messed up. There's so much more you can do there than in two hours. Well, I just find as a, as a, as a TV and, and film fan, as a person who consumes this content, I would rather be on my couch at home watching a couple of episodes every week. I want it to last. I want this experience to last longer. And it, and it makes me go to less movies now. And it seems like the things that everybody talks about, <clears throat> right, are these long-form deep right. dive docs, whether yeah. it's the OJ thing or the, the yep. Wild Wild Country. Or, yep. you know, those are the things that are really grabbing Those the are the water cooler conversations. Yeah. I have not had a water cooler movie conversation in many many years well, i have the director of ant-man on my podcast we can talk about the uh cultural implications of i that. like ant-man and we'll leave it at that i love paul rudd and i liked ant-man and i like you ben Lyons. i appreciate you having me on man <clears throat> i'll see you in another 10 years no you come back when we have uh we'll have an oscar show with you if they're if they even have another oscars the podcast is called the lion's den with ben lyons it's the intersection of sports and film right Sure. We'll there you that. go. And you can catch up with Ben Lyons. Uh, where where do we catch up with you on social media? Uh, I am Ben Lyons in the spirit of I am legend. So there you there, go. <laughs> there you go. And uh, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on at Spike Ferris. And thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Spikes Radio. Real quick before you go, here are some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter with a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage. And you can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. Weird, right? Well, here's another tip you also might not know about. True Car also helps people get used cars, not just new. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With a certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience whether you buy new or used. And with TrueCard, users can see what others paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with TrueCard certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out TrueCard and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And as always, some features not available in all states. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.